or just the fear of the unknown. What, it, what is going to happen tomorrow? You know, I'm so proud of Heather and GR. <laughs> Sorry. Just, just um, sort of seeing what the process they've gone through. And, you know, six months ago, they weren't even thinking they were going to be missionaries. You know, they were still in the, sort of in the adoption process still. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, fear of the unknown. You're taking your family. You're going into a different culture, a different language. Um, Uprooting your family, you know, you have two incomes. <laughs> I can't even focus on my words now, it'll be okay. Um, you, got, you got two sources of income and now you're raising support. How dare God do that? You know, take you from comfort out of that into something else. What kind of fears start creeping up and what, what can you do and overcome, right? But guess what? When you're in the center of what God wants you to do, those fears start to dissipate as you walk in faith. And so we're going to talk about fear and faith a little bit, hopefully more on faith, okay? But, um, you know, I heard a statement one time says, you're never a success outside his will, and you're never a failure in it. And so, you know, there's going to be some difficult times for those people who do not know God. And we as Christians need to make sure that we're having the right response as we're going forward. You know, when you look at, just in, even in the Bible, <laughs> of some different people that, that were people of faith, did make mighty works that were overcome by fear. Okay, if you can pull up Jonah. Uh, we're going to look at Jonah first. Um, and Jonah 1, 1 through 3, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, and he said to get up, Go to the great city, city of Nineveh and preach against it because their wickedness has confronted me. However, Jonah got up to flee to Tarshish from the Lord's presence. He went down to Joppa to Tarshish from the Lord's presence. Now, when, when the Lord told him that he was supposed to go to these people and preach to them and tell them to repent, he wasn't going to this you know, remote group of people that was just a nice, safe group that he was supposed to set up a life group and set up different things there. I mean, this was like B.C. ISIS, all right? These were brutal people, all right? And the Lord was definitely disappointed in what they were doing, and he was telling Jonah to go and preach to these people and tell them to repent. And here the Lord is telling him to do it, and he went as far in the other direction that he possibly could at that time So because he was fear got him. You look at Peter. You know, in Luke, I think it was Luke 22, um, Peter's telling Jesus, hey, I'll go to prison for you. I'll die for you. I got your back. I'm all in for you. And 20 verses later, he denies him three times. Okay? You know, you look at um, Elisha at, Mar at Mount Carmel. You know, he stood up to 450 prophets of Baal, 400 prophets of Asherah, and so you have 850. He's the only prophet left. 
and he stands up to him. He said, okay, we're going to have this little bull barbecue. You're going to have your pit. I'm going to have my pit. And who, whoever can call on their God, and when the God of heaven um, puts fire down, that's who it is. All right? So they go, and, you know, he needed more time because he was one. So he let them go first. And so we pick up in 1 Kings 18, 27. It says, at noon, Elijah mocked them. He's talking smack to them. He said, shout loudly, for he is God. Maybe he's thinking it over. Maybe he's wandered away. Or maybe he's on the road. Maybe he's sleeping. He hadn't gotten up yet. They shouted loudly and cut themselves with knives and spears, according to their custom, until blood gushed over them. All afternoon, they kept on raving until the offering of the evening sacrifice. But there was no sound, no one answered, and no one paid attention. You know, and then Elijah, he went and he poured water all over his sacrifice three times. And then there was almost a molt of water around it. And then he called on God and he rained down fire, burned all that up, and then burned their sacrifice up. Well, but first he had all the people in the area. He brought them up because he went in the audience, okay? So he brings them up, and so they see who God is. And so then he told them, let's go kill all those people. All right, so they killed all the prophets. Now, here God just did a mighty work for him. All right? He knew what his God did. He knew what he could do. And all of a sudden, you know, just a little bit later, all of a sudden Jezebel says the same thing that happened to those prophets is going to happen to you. And what does he do? He immediately began to become afraid and ran for his life, went in the wilderness and asked God to kill him. Fear got him. Right? You know, great things, the great thing is that, that for all our fears, God has an answer. He has an answer. And, you know, in some of the scriptures actually we talked about today already in worship, you know, 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power, love, and a sound mind. You know, that is one that, that I quote all the time. If you're wrestling with something, you got anxiety, you, you know, maybe you're having trouble sleeping, you know, just keep quoting that scripture because it starts to change your mind, okay? And we don't want the spirit of fear. And so you have to take scripture and you have to speak it out loud. Psalms 34, 4 says, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. You know, there's only one fear we're supposed to have. The fear of God. And that's probably one we don't have enough of. Probably need to study that a little bit more. You know, now we're supposed to have respect of some things. You better respect electricity. You better respect fire. Okay? You better respect laws. All right? But we're not to fear them. All right? So there's, there's a difference between respect and fear. But... Um, and here's where God cut out some things, so I'm going to have to move on down. Um, but let's go into to how, how, do we get, how do we get faith? Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing. I want you to say that out loud. Faith comes by hearing. Say it again. Faith comes by hearing. You know, that's why you need to speak God's word out loud. Because there's something, there's not, not saying don't read your Bible, all right? But there's something that happens when you speak God's word. There's something, it goes in your ear, into your, there's something different. That's why when we're up here worshiping, 
and we're up here singing music and you're praising worship and you're singing words from the Bible. There's something different. It increases your faith. What changed? It changes the atmosphere, all right? You get in a prayer meeting or like we were up here and you're praying words of, of, from the Bible and you're praying faith. You're hearing it. It increases your faith. Faith comes by hearing. And we got to understand that and we got to make sure that we're moving that direction. But just like faith comes by hearing, fear does too. And so we also got to be careful of what are we listening to that is going to create fear in our lives, okay? You know, some of you grew up and you had the news going on all the time in your household. Well, all that's just fear going in, okay? I can tell you right now what's going to happen with the news. Somebody's going, somebody died, somebody got killed, Somebody got robbed, all right, and then the weather and sports, okay? All right? So there's, but if you keep putting that in all the time, you're going you're gonna to create this fear in you, all right? What are you listening to, okay? Are you listening to things that, that are going to glorify God, or are you not listening to those type things? That's going to create a fear in you, all right? What are you watching, because they got words too, okay? Your movies, your TVs, and you, gotta, you just got to be careful what you're putting in because fear and faith can't work in the same body. You either one or the other, all right? You can't walk down the middle. You either have one or the other operating. And so we got to make sure that we are putting in faith and not fear. You know, um, I don't want to open the door to fear in my household. And some of these things are personal convictions so this is not bible but personal convictions for us we don't watch horror movies in our household why because i don't want to entertain that fear coming in our lives we don't we don't watch destruction and all those type of things we just don't we don't do that and the more you start to get in line with god your spirit becomes sensitive to that and it starts to change you okay and you don't want those things to happen. We don't play video games that do the same thing. Now you're acting it out, all right? Um, we don't go around scaring each other in our home, jumping out behind, behind well, Cade does, but we're working on We're working on that. <laughs> we're working on that. He still tries to scare his brother some, but we're, we're, we're working that out of his life. Okay? Here's one, we don't celebrate Halloween, and we haven't. Now, you might say, oh, well, that's legalistic or whatever. Hey, look, what is the whole premise for Halloween? Fear. The whole premise for it is fear, okay? So we don't go to haunted houses and all those type of things. And that's, I'm just saying, that's personal conviction now. Don't, that's not Bible, all right? That's personal conviction, okay? And I don't want 25-year-old kids run to my house and get ice, I mean, get candy, all right, because you're about... 25 year old now if you up to before you stop trick-or-treating okay <laughs> but those are personal we don't we try not to put fear in our household any way we can there's enough out there don't entertain it okay you can't go to the grocery store without getting fear because you're going to go buy for your stuff and you see all the tabloids all here and they got all kinds of things going on try to keep it out of your household if you can all right so um you know, what are, why does the enemy want us to fear? 
And I'm going to go through these pretty quick. Number one, he wants to discourage us from ministry. If you are walking in fear, you are not going to be productive in ministry for him. He's going to keep you bound up. He's going to keep you immobilized, and you are not going to be able to move forward. All right? Secondly, surrendering to fear keeps us from our goals, dreams, and our destiny. John Piper said in a quote, he said, God takes great delight in putting his name at stake in your destiny. Um, you know, you look at the book of Nehemiah, and, and, you know, Nehemiah was burdened to rebuild the wall for the Jewish people, okay? And they were, and he, he felt this burden. He asked the king to go, and, you know, and, they, and how did they, why, what did the people do to try to keep them from building the wall? They discouraged them. They tried to kill them. They tried to put fear on them because if they got them in fear, the wall was not going to be built. And so Nehemiah 4, 14 says, after I made an inspection, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the great and awe-inspiring Lord and fight for your countrymen, for your sons and for your daughters, for your wives and for your homes. And then it goes down to Nehemiah 5, 15, and 16. It says the wall was completed in 52 days. When our enemies heard this, all the surrounding nations were intimidated and lost their confidence. For they realized the task had been accomplished by our God. Amen? You know, one of the things, um, a lot of times when the devil will put, try to put fear in a situation because it's his last, last step in trying to keep you out of your destiny. We were, uh, the, the church that planted this church, Kings Park in, in Durham, uh, years ago, we started a life center in, in the Cornwallis Project area. And we were already working with some of those kids, and uh, we were doing some after-school tutoring, and, and they were in youth group and all these different things. And all of a sudden, they started winning awards in, in the schools, and good things were happening. And so, the, uh, so we decided we want to start a life center right there in the middle of everything. And the city, the housing community there gave us a building right there, all right? And so later, Daryl Green for the Washington Redskins put thousands of dollars of computers and different things in it and became a really nice thing, still doing well today. Um, but the day it was supposed to open, there were four bullet holes in the front door. And our pastor was like, thank you, devil, for letting us know we need to be exactly where we are. And we're not going to turn and run from fear. And it has had a tremendous impact in that community. We've actually, um, before we came here, there was actually two families. We're able to get up, get jobs, and get them out of that community. And just tremendous things going on. But if we had to run from fear because of four bullet holes, what would have happened? Right? Um, number three, fear works like a magnet. Job 3.25 says, that For the thing I feared has overtaken me, and what I dreaded has come upon me. And number four, faith and fear can't work at the same time. I already mentioned that. Let's talk about some practical ways how to overcome fear. The obvious is to turn to your word. This has to be true north for everything in your life. It doesn't matter if you agree with it. It doesn't matter if you like it. This has to be true north, okay? This is not fake news. This is the good news. 
okay? And this must be your driving force behind everything that you do. You know, Romans um, 12, 2 says, Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. You need to speak it out loud. You need to proclaim it. That's what Michael was talking about up here in worship. You need to proclaim it. That's what we were doing up here. Okay? And that's one of the ways that faith comes. You know, one of the greatest pregame speeches of all time. I'm a coach. You know, always try to get something into your kids, maybe get a little motivation, stir them up a little bit for the game, right? Was David to Goliath. Um, 1 Samuel 17, 45. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with a dagger, a spear, and a sword, but I come against you in the name of Yahweh of hosts, the God of Israel's armies who you have defiled. Today, the Lord will hand you over to me. Today, I'll strike you down, cut your head off, and give to the corpse of the Philistines' camp, to the birds of the sky, and to the creatures of the earth. Then all the world will know that Israel has a God, and this whole assembly will know that it is not by sword or by spear that the Lord says, but for the battle is the Lord's, and he will hand you over to us. That's awesome. I mean, I'm a Braveheart man, okay? I mean, I, I, you read that, and you want to paint your face, get a sword, and, and put on a kilt, all right? Yeah, I said kilt, all right? And um, you would? <laughs> okay. So, but you've got to take these things, and you've got to speak them out loud. It builds faith when you do these things. Um, Philippians 4, 13, I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. You know, Isaiah says that no weapon for, formed against me. That doesn't mean it won't form. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Number two, you must put on the armor of God daily. Okay? What is the armor of God? The helmet of salvation. The breastplate of? The belt of? Shod my feet with? Okay. Sword of? Shield of? And pray with? Without ceasing. There you go. Good. Okay. <laughs> okay. You got to put those on. You know, I'm going to work, and I'm physically putting them on. All right? I'm putting them on. I want to guard my mind. Okay? I want to guard my thinking. I want to guard my eyes what I'm seeing. I want to guard what I'm speaking. I want to guard what I'm hearing. Put it on the, the breastplate. I want to guard my heart. All right? Hey, everybody else is doing crazy stuff going to work. Why don't you just go ahead and put it on when you're going there? Okay? And, you know, put it on. Put on faith. And notice that all of it's in the front. Nothing to protect your butt. Everything's going forward. That's what the armor's for. You're not supposed to turn and run. Number three, worship. It's not just for Sunday mornings, okay? You know, Stephen's been talking about this. It's not just for Sunday mornings. And it's not just when you're happy. Sometimes you've got to worship yourself out of some stuff. You've got to praise yourself out of some stuff. You know, why did the worshipers go first in battle? To make sure they had a proper perspective. It wasn't like they were going to kill a bunch of people, all right? But they were on the front lines. You know, you can worship anywhere. Your shower, in the car, doesn't matter, okay? But make sure you're worshiping. Um, fourth, you need to encourage yourself in the Lord. 
you need to speak in tongues. You know, tongues is one of the spiritual gifts. And if you look up, if you don't know much about it or you, you don't have a lot of understanding about it, you need to look up Acts 2. You need to look up 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 15, and 16. And you need to go to work and study it. Okay? David encouraged himself in the Lord in this way. And, you know, speaking in tongues does, it's, it's an act that, that um, you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But there's something spiritual that happens. It gives, you, it gives me clarity. I, sometimes I don't know what to pray. And so when I speak in tongues, it, 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 God goes to work for me. I don't know it. It gives me peace in situations. You know, you go to pray with somebody. Now, I don't, I don't do that all the time unless I have permission to do so, okay? Because I don't know if this person understands that, so I'm not going to overwhelm them with my tongue, okay? Um, but sometimes I don't know what to pray for that person, so I do that silently or, you know, in my spirit. Um, Jude... 20 and 21 says, but you, dear friends, building yourself up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keeping yourself in the love of God, expecting the mercy of God, I'm sorry, expecting the mercy of Lord Jesus Christ for eternal life. Romans 8, 26 and 27 says, in the same way in the Spirit also joins to help in our weakness because we do not know what to pray for for as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with unspoken groanings. And he who searches the hearts knows the spirit, Spirit's mindset because he intercedes for the saints according to his will. So you need to encourage yourself in the Lord. Number five, you need to speak faith and not fear. We, we got to be careful that our tongue can do a lot of damage either way. Okay, um, you know, It's either the power of life or it's the power of death. And we got to make sure that we're speaking faithful things, okay? And then the last one is you need to remember what the Lord did in the past. If you want to overcome fear, there's things in the past that he's done for you. You know, Suzanne keeps a journal, sort of what, what, is, what for our family, some of the things that we've gone through, and she journals through them. We flip back through and see what's going on. You know, um, some of y'all know Aaron and uh, our daughter who's, who's uh, 20, and she's getting ready to get married next month, okay? Well, in June of last year, um, she just got back from Spain. She was doing a, a full immersion Spanish situation over in Spain for, for like four or eight weeks or whatever, and taking three classes over there, living with a family, and she comes back, and she talked to her mom first, and then um, she sat down with both of us and explained that, because she was entertaining um, courting in the purpose of getting married. Now, I thought I had a couple years before that would happen, okay? <laughs> you got to realize, she, doesn't, she didn't date, okay? She, did, she, she was very focused on what she wanted to do. She's not, th does that mean she didn't think about guys? I hope not for my sake, but I know she did from her, <laughs> her mom's sake, okay? But guys were not really on her radar, all right? She was focused on school, focused on what God was doing in her life and, and doing different things. And so she comes back in June and says, you know, lets us know that this is the purpose. And it's going to be in May. And $13,000 later, <laughs> you know, when I thought I had a couple years before I could start, you know, paying for something, okay? And, you know, you can say, oh, you can just be fearful of $13,000 when you don't have it. But God was already starting to prepare us that we didn't know, all right? Because we were planning on helping her get a car, for school, a little clunker that she could drive around, get the, 
get to work and different things like that. And so we'd already saved up a little bit of money already. And, um, but I just was feeling uneasy in my spirit about buying one. Not for her, but just, I don't know, you know, sometimes you're, God can tell you exactly, but you sort of know, you know. And so, I mean, we looked at a lot of cars, all right. Um, and, but nothing, we ever, never just settle anything. And then all of a sudden she comes back in June, and at least we had some money already stored away for that. But what, when I say remember is that you have to go back and see what God did in the past for you. And you. Sometimes we forget how God takes us from faith to faith, from spot to spot, all right? And in my 30s, we were in several thousand dollars of debt, and God wiped it out. And then all of a sudden, right after that, about the same amount of debt that we were in, God put us on our heart to do that for the church for a building program. God wiped that all out. And then a couple years ago, you know, just life and different things, and February, um, all of a sudden, bam, 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 a water heater, cars, and different things, and all of a sudden, you're in big-time debt again, and God wiped that out in de by December that year. And now, this is almost wiped out, too. And that just happened last June. Okay? So sometimes you have to remember what God did to build, to build your faith. And when things happen... Don't just entertain that fear because God will do it again for you, all right? And a lot of times, it's shorter and shorter and shorter because why? Because your faith has grown from the last time it happened. And so now you can walk out in a new boldness of God will be provider. God will take care of it. I don't know how. Suzanne was even working at that time, and now she's got a full-time job. She didn't work for 20 years. Well, that's not, that's not a bad thing. She was homeschooling. That was... She, <laughs> She wasn't just eating bonbons at home watching TV, okay? Um, and I did put her through a lot of things over the years, so, you know. But, you know, so there's a lot of things that we can do to build our faith. You know, God wants us to be a church that, that would be an example to the community, to our families, to our city of how to walk in fear. I'm, faith, I'm sorry. How to walk in faith, all right? Hey, look, there's going to be things that are going to happen. All right? The devil knows it, and he's throwing stuff out all the time. There are going to be situations that arise probably in your family. There may be situations in this church. There may be situations that arise in this community. Okay? Just because you walk in faith does not mean those things don't come up. All right? But how are we as a church going to walk through those things and overcome by the Spirit of the Lord? Um, God is in control. You know, we got to learn and not and realize the schemes of the devil. Many times before, you can always sort of tell when something's going to break in the spirit because the devil just throws stuff against the wall as quick as he can because something good is coming on the backside. We can't get caught up on what's being thrown. We got to have enough vision and spiritual understanding there's something on the backside, Okay. And so anything that rises up, there's usually something on the good, but most people don't get there because they're so concerned about what's going on at the moment instead of what's going on behind it, okay? Let's make sure as a church that we have the spiritual intuition to understand that we got better coming behind it, amen? Let's, let's stand to our feet real quick. I, I want to read this David and Goliath thing again, but I want to add, I know you're not supposed to add to Scripture, all right? 
But I'm going to put fear in here four times. Okay? And I want you to listen to this. David said to the Philistine, You come against me, fear, with dagger, spear, and sword. But I come against you, fear, in the name of, the, uh, name of Yahweh of hosts, the God of Israel's armies. You have defiled him. Today the Lord will hand you fear over to me. Today I strike you down, I cut off your head, and give the corpse of the Philistines' camp to the birds and the, and of the sky and the creatures of the earth. Then all the world will know that Israel has a God. And this whole assembly will know that it is not by sword or by spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will hand fear over to us. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, I pray that we no longer will be a people that is driven from side to side for fear. Lord, we take fear captive in Jesus' name. And I just pray for situations that, that may have arise, that may be coming, and I pray that things that have come in the past, Lord God, I pray we bind fear from our finances. We bind fear from our health situations. We bind fear that comes when we don't even expect it. But Lord God, we know where fear comes from. And we do not allow the enemy of our soul to have rule and reign in that area. We now cast it out in Jesus' name. And we pray that we will be a people of faith. We'll be a people that will stand on your word. We will confess your word. We will, we will proclaim your word. We will take our thoughts captive and not entertain those things and allow them to roll around. Lord God, we just come before you right now and just ask that you would just remove fear from our situations. Lord, I pray that where fear is dwelt, maybe it's fear rejection in our lives. Maybe it's from past childhood things that the devil has had tormenting thoughts that continue to roll around and we've never really taken those things captive and gotten rid of them in our life. Lord God, we just pray that, that we, we, the enemy has been exposed today and we are not going to allow him to influence or bind us. We are going to walk out in authority of Jesus' name and we are going to take those thoughts captive and we are going to make headway and when fear rises up, we're going to push it down and we're going to bind it and we're not going to allow it to reign. And I pray right now in Jesus' name, Lord, that you would just cleanse us and make us in your image and that we can walk out kingdom-minded, kingdom-anointed so that we can advance your kingdom on the earth. In Jesus' name.